Hello you, this is Laura Camacho, the communication coach at Mixonian Institute, and welcome to episode 105 of the Speak Up podcast. Now, if you did not hear it, episode 104 was an interview with top body language expert, Allison Henderson, and it was all about executive presence and the body language of that. And I just love the topic of executive presence because it's that subtle effect that makes people listen to you. And I just hated it when I was working in corporate and had these ideas, and then other people would get credit for them. And and that's what I've been helping my clients get over. And because it's not only that you feel better about yourself, but the company, any company is going to perform at a higher level when it's hearing from more of its employees. So you know how it is when you're in a meeting and somebody speaks up and they say exactly what you were going to say. And, you know, that's because, you know, there's, Uh, we're coming up with a lot of the same ideas. In fact, there'll be people writing books or novels or movies and they find out that somebody in another part of the country is writing the exact same plot line. So, you know, it's normal for other people to have the same idea as you, especially if you work in the same environment. Just like it's normal for communication coaches to come to similar conclusions after working with lots of clients. And so there's a lot of people who, in my industry, who work with uh, executive presence. Uh, Amy Cuddy up at Harvard is one, and Diana Boer has been in this consulting business a long time. She's based in Texas and she's written 47 or 48 books, just some ridiculous number. And she recently published an article called Five Signs That Suggest You Need Stronger Executive Presence. And rather than write my own article, I just thought I would go over it with her because really, how do you know if you need more executive presence? Because people aren't really sure what executive presence is anyway. Now, at the end of the day, executive presence, it's not about being pretentious. It's about, it's about inspiring confidence and trust. Like people believe that you've got a winning idea and that you're able to execute on what you say. So that's, that's really what you're looking for. Anytime you want to improve your executive presence, you want to ask yourself, well, how can I inspire more confidence? That is something, that's a decision. When people decide whether to trust you or not, a lot of that is emotional. I mean, you're, the rational is the alibi or the justification. Oh, so-and-so went to Harvard or so-and-so wrote a book or so-and-so has been in this business a long time. But... The reality is we're making these decisions about who to trust on an emotional level. So let's look at Diana Boer's uh, suggestions or her signs that you need a stronger executive presence. And some of these I'm really totally on board with. Uh, One is that you prefer to offer your ideas after the meeting than speaking up during the meeting. And I, I can't tell you how many people tell me how hard it is for them to speak up at a meeting. And they'll say, well, I'm getting my nerve up. And then somebody will say exactly what I wanted to say. And so I feel dumb or I say something and then people speak over me. But we're going to deal with, first of all, that you just don't even speak up at all. And it's very common. And you have to understand that if you don't speak up, 
then people assume that you're not really that engaged. And I know that's not true, but that's that's what's going on in people's brains because they really don't take the time to analyze things carefully. So if you're considered quiet in meetings, I have a couple of suggestions uh, to help you speak up. So this is what Diana says. She says if you, uh, she says how to turn it around if you're the one that's not sharing your ideas in the meeting. She says, realize that every idea offered doesn't require eloquence. Sometimes the simple act of speaking up is more important than the comment itself. And I totally agree. And I have two suggestions for you to speak up. And of course, one is to speak up early before other people say your idea. Actually, there's going to be three. So that's number one, to speak up early. Number two, if somebody does say what you were going to say, comment after that, say, thank you, Bob. That's such a great idea. I was actually just going to say the same thing myself. It's fine. And another thing you can do is ask questions. And if you can't even think of a question, uh, just say, could you, could you say that one more time? I'm not, I'm not really clear. And that's showing that you're engaged because that's what, it's not about dominating the meeting. It's showing that you're engaged with the topic. Of course, then we go to the other topic of disorganized meetings. But now we're just talking about executive presence and you need to speak up at meetings. If you want, if you take your career seriously enough that you want to, you know, be known in your company and in your industry. So number two, if your friends tell you your undiscovered talent, that's Diana Boer's words, or I would say you're a great secret, a secret weapon. You don't want to be a secret weapon. You want to be a known weapon. So, you know, at work, everybody knows the chatterboxes. Everybody knows the ones that are, you know, super well connected, the social butterflies. And then a lot of people I work with, we're the smart brainiacs who hunker down, do the work, turn in the projects on time, under budget, and it sometimes it seems like nobody cares. I have taken, this is why I teach the three communication hats every leader needs to wear, and one of those hats is public relations. And the truth is, Anybody who's considered quiet needs to take on the role of public relations for yourself, not that you're going to be bragging about your accomplishments all the time, but as a factual way of reporting on what you've accomplished, how you've added value. And the first person you need to sell on this is yourself, but you need to see that other people are not looking, oh, let's see, did Alice, is, how much value is she adding? Now, people are just going on, you know, they're operating on crisis by crisis. It's up to you to be the public relations agent. And if you're undiscovered talent, then executive presence is going to help you with that. And number three, Diane has what she calls a differential approach. She says the people who have a differential approach are lacking in executive presence. And it took me a while to get what she means by differential approach. But she says it's a person who is not about uh, just going along to get along, like not a passive person, but then not a confrontational person. And guess what? That person is exactly Laura Camacho. That's how I was when I worked in corporate I had creative, out-of-the-box ideas, as I do, as I have, I think we all do, actually, since birth, 
but I, I don't like confrontation. That's why I teach people how to, um, first of all, avoid it, but still get the results you need or how to prepare for confrontation so it's not so painful. So this, then again, it's this answer or the the remedy for this is similar to number two, is that you have to take on the job of PR agent for yourself. Because, listen to this, if your idea is a little bit different or your approach is out of the box, it takes people more cognitive power to even understand it. And then it takes more persuasion for them to accept because it's always easier to go with what you know. That's why we have the expression, the devil you know or the devil you don't know. We always prefer the devil we know. So your idea may be way better or your approach far more efficient or effective or or fun. But if it's different, then people need to be sold on it. Here's one example from a long time ago. Uh, There was this product. There were these CDs out. This was... A long time ago when we had CDs and not digital downloads and my kids were young and there was a series that was about teaching young children how to appreciate classical music and the CDs had different biographies of Mozart and Tchaikovsky and Bach and like as these composers were children and just weaved they, they weaved beautiful little stories with snippets of the music to help children understand uh, the main composers. Of course, these were mostly the primary composers. If somebody was a little bit obscure, they did not get into this program. Well, they went from that. The company that was offering that uh, decided to do opera for children. And I was just like, what? That is the bomb. I was so excited about this opera for children, but it never got off they never had it. They never went anywhere because it was just too outside the box because not enough people go to opera. So, I mean, I'm not saying that your idea is like opera for children and that it has no future. I'm saying it just takes more work. I believe if the company had spent more time on educating their public, then they could have been successful. But when you're different, it takes more time to uh, educate people on the value all right, so number four, if you lack signs you lack executive presence, is that you lack systems, that you're kind of scattered. And there are lots of fun people at work and talented people who are on multiple projects, but they're not organized. So they tend to arrive late, uh, they tend to be late and turning things in. They may do excellent work, but they're, they don't have time to really build the relationships and to do what it takes to do their own public relations because they're just running on so many tracks and they come across as disjointed. And here's the thing. Disjointed does not inspire confidence. Breathlessness, because you've been running, you know, from this to that to the other. Take, you know, people like to, sometimes, some people like to take on any project that's out there. I remember, you know, the boss off saying, you know, who wants to do this and who wants to take this? Anytime a little project would come up and there were these people that love to take on all the projects, they would be the first ones to answer. And then they were like running behind. They might get it all done well even, but that approach does not inspire confidence. Therefore, it shows the lack of executive presence. 
And then finally, what uh, Diane Boer's fifth sign that you're lacking executive confidence, she says, you always avoid the bleeding edge. So what she means by this is that innovative, innovative approaches kind of scare you, like you're afraid to go on the unbeaten path. Afraid, and essentially what she means is that you are not taking risk. And why? Because risks are scary. In fact, sometimes they don't work out. In fact, when I teach people about having strong points of view, which is a strong leadership capability, I always give example of people who were killed for their points of view, like Cicero um, back in the Roman Empire. So risk is risky, but if you don't take risks, you're going to be ignored. You can only go so far, especially today. You know, our world is so complex. There's so much change. You need to take on stretch assignments. You need to take on projects that you're not sure that you can do and then figure out how to do them. So that means getting out of your comfort zone. And there's lots of things you can do. The thing about taking risk is that the more you do it, the better you get at it, the more confidence you build. And not only confidence, but the uh, ability to to get stuff done, your agency, uh, to use a PhD word, grows. So those people with executive presence, they think strategically. They're able to take risks. They're organized. At least they're or- they may not be the most organized people ever, but they have their ideas organized and they're able to um, compose very organized emails and talks. So they know enough about organizing their communication. They're able to interact with any level of person. They're able to be interested in other people um, with respect, interest, and really executive presence is all about lots of little tweaks like not chewing gum, not playing with your phone, standing up straight. But really, rather than go through this list of 100 things to do to have more executive presence, just think about, does this inspire confidence? Would this build trust if I said this or if I showed up in this way? And really observe people that you see do have executive presence and just pay attention to those details because it's all about the details, whether you're talking about architecture, dressing well, interior design, pharmaceutical product development. It is all about the details and communication is no is the same. It's say what you mean and mean what you say takes you only so far. So I hope you'll take this information about executive presence and just up your game a little bit. It's still early in the year, so you have time to just Uh, work on coming across in a more executive way. And by that, I mean inspiring more confidence in yourself. And that starts with you having more confidence in yourself. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I appreciate uh, everybody who listens to the podcast. Uh, If you please give it a good rating, a five-star rating, if you have gotten value from this. And I am happy to come to talk to your company about executive presence. I have a really great hands-on workshop about that, as well as other topics related to communication. You can see the website is www.emisonmary, I-X-O-N-I-A-N. Have a wonderful day. Go out and astonish yourself. Bye-bye. 